Man, all right. Luke chapter 16, where we're at tonight. The message I'm going to be preaching tonight. This is one I preached actually a long time ago. I always feel like a fraud, too, whenever I preach messages twice or like an evangelist. But at the same time, I was wanting to speak in this subject, and I went back and I was looking at some of these notes. And I was like, you know what? This message is still good, and it's been a long time since I've preached it. And most people here probably haven't heard it. So I'm going to preach it again. So um, uh, hopefully you all will get a blessing from this tonight. But the title is Give an Account of Thy Stewardship. And here in Luke chapter 16... We see a parable about a steward, about a bad one who wasted his goods. And let's go ahead and read some of this here. But it says, And he said unto his disciples, There was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he wasted his his goods. Now, ultimately what this particular parable is about is um, this is a one that Jesus is preaching towards the Jews and to the Pharisees, and he's trying to uh, drive home the point that they had failed in their responsibilities when it came to just the things of God. I mean, unto them were committed the oracles of God, and yet they did nothing with it. They had done nothing good. When Jesus Christ came, I mean, he did not find a good people. He did not find faith. They had messed up big time, and as a result of that, they were going to be in trouble. They should have been looking for mercy like the man this steward did. When this steward gets busted, you know what he did? He did what he needed to do to find mercy. And when Jesus Christ showed up, these Pharisees should have been coming to him and saying, Lord, we messed up. We wasted everything. And then if they'd have done that, they could have found some mercy, but that's not what they did. They just tried to, you know, they tried to act like everything was fine. That's ultimately what this parable is about. But in this parable, we see some very good uh, principles and uh that shows us what a steward is because we are all stewards. Every one of you as an individual, you are a steward. You, in other words, and what a steward is, it's an overseer of something that belongs to someone else. And all of you in here, you are stewards. What you have does not belong to you. It belongs to God, even your own bodies. You've been bought with a price. And thank God we have a body that we can do things with but ultimately, we've got to understand the fact that it's not ours, it's God's. And I need to take that into consideration when it comes to some of the choices that I'm making. Does God really want me taking this temple of his and getting it tattooed and pierced up? We've got to think about stuff like that. Because you know what? It's not yours. If I let you borrow my car, that doesn't give you the you know excuse to go putting a bunch of bumper stickers all over it especially ones I wouldn't approve. Are you going to go put a Biden bumper sticker on my car? And what do we have these people doing today? They're going and putting bumper stickers, you know, permanent ones all over their body. A lot of stuff, too, that I'm I'm just going to guess God's probably not in favor of. You know, you don't have the right to do that. You're a steward. Everything we have, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, so we've got to, we're managing something that belongs to someone else. This steward, everything he has, it belongs to his master, and it's been reported to the master that he has wasted his goods. And so we need to remember the things that we have, the things that God has given us are his. We should use them for the master's benefit, not our own. And a steward often benefits from being able to use and for overseeing what belongs to the master because often, you know, he's, he's compensated. You know, I mean, how would you like to be the steward of some extra mansion that some rich person had, where your job is pretty much to live there, keep it clean, take care of things, just to make sure everything works good, and you're getting to live in this house, enjoy a lot of the benefits of it. It's not yours, but you get to enjoy it. I mean, that'd be, that'd be a pretty good job right there. And that's what a steward is. And so in verse 2, it says, And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest no longer... Or be no longer steward. You know what? Any time as a steward, your master should be able to come and you should be able to tell him exactly what you've done with his possessions. You know, and tonight, you know, this is the night of the year too, where I, and I, I enjoy doing this, going and basically giving account to the church and showing because I'm the main one that oversees the finances and things here. I have no problem getting up and saying, here's where the money's gone. Cause you know, I do appreciate the fact that y'all give. I appreciate the fact that, you know, I get paid by this church and I don't take it lightly that people, and I get it, it's God's money, but okay, you know, that's fine, but you were obedient, 
You gave God's money to God's house. It's still God's money. And we're the overseers of it. We're the stewards of it. And we ought to be able to show what we're doing with it. And if you, if, if you are a steward, like a bank, for example, a bank is a steward of your money, aren't they? They, they've got your money there. And if you just show up to the bank one day and you're like, want to make withdrawals, and like, we don't even have any idea how much money you have in here. Are you, are you serious? You have no, you have no idea what's going on. You're supposed to be watching that. You know, I deposited a thousand dollars in there and you're just saying it's gone. What happened to it? We don't know. We just can't find it. And you know what? I'm going to another bank. I'm probably going to sue you too. I want my money back. That's the, that's the way we're going to act. But you know, when it comes to the things that God has given us, most people, they, they're just wasting everything and they have no idea. And that's not good. That's, that's irresponsible. That's wrong. And you know, as, as a church and as a pastor, I ought to be very capable of getting up and saying, here's what came in. Here's where it went. Here's what we've got. We ought to be able to do these things. And these things are very important because, again, you say, well, I'm not that worried about it. Well, I'm glad you're not that worried about it. But here's the thing. It's not my money. It's not your money. It's God's money. And so until you convince me God's not worried about it, you know what? We're going to pay attention to these things. We're going to uh, have some organization and some structure what we do. And you know what? I don't, you know, I, I want to be accountable, not just to God, but to all of you. I, I don't mind that. And a good steward doesn't mind that. And so this master, he comes to them telling him to give an account. We need to find out what's going on. So in verse three, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my Lord? Take it away from me, the stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I am resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. And then it goes on to basically, basically explain how he went and he started helping these other people so he could find mercy, so he can get some help after he loses his stewardship, which is opposite of what these Pharisees were doing, who were just basically trying to act like we didn't do anything wrong. Everything's fine. But you know, Jesus didn't think so. These people had messed up and they had messed up big time. And so in verse 10, it says, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust also in much. You know what? Details should matter. Details should matter. We ought to, again, if you're a good steward, they're going to matter to you. We're not just going to act like these things are just small matters and not that big of a deal. All of these things should matter because it doesn't just affect us. This is not just about us. This is, we are stewards. What we have is not ours, it's God's, and therefore we ought to be careful. We ought to uh, have some structure to what we do. And so it says, if therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? And man, these, these are great principles right here. If you're going to be careless with a little, why would anyone give you a lot? If you're not even going to take care of things that belong to someone else, and usually we're more careful with things that belong to somebody else. You know, when I'm driving someone else's car, I'm usually a little more careful than when I'm driving my own car because I understand it's not mine. It belongs to somebody else. But if you're acting like a maniac and an idiot with something that belongs to somebody else, who's going to be dumb enough to give you anything? And I don't know about you. I want God to give to us. You know, I want God to see us as somebody that he can commit a great deal to us and that we are going to use these things for his glory. I, I, and so the thing is, we need to be faithful to what we have. And one thing I've always taken very serious, and I'm, I'm, kind of th I'm very thankful for a time in my life where we were really struggling financially and that before we uh, started the church here and we kind of learned how to get our finances in order. And I really started appreciating you know, the value of the dollar and all these things. It helped a lot when we started the church. And from the time we started the church, we always said, you know, we're going to, we're going to be careful with how we spend the money. We're going to try to use wisdom and how we use God's money. We're going to be faithful. I mean, and I can still account for every dollar. I can still show all of you records of all of the income we've had from the very first month that we started this church. 
until this time. I can show you everything that's been spent. We've never spent cash on anything. Everything's always been through checks or through cards. You know, there's paper trails for all these things. And I've always just wanted to do that because, one, I want to cover my backside because there's a lot of crooks in churches. There's a lot of pastors that have gone to jail or even just disgraced themselves for just doing shady financial things. And I've always thought, I don't even want to be tempted to do anything like that. But also because I, you know, when we started the church too, we had very little coming in. I remember the very first offering we had, it was about 400 bucks. And we had a big crowd that day too. And that was the biggest one we had for a while. And I, you know, there was barely anything coming in. And so we had to be wise (laughs) with the money. But, you know, I wanted God to increase that, too. I wanted God to do more, give us more, so we could do more. And so these things have always been very important, and we don't want to ever get away from that. And Because I, I want God to entrust us with more. But then in verse 13, it goes on. We all know this verse. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And so... This verse right here, when we look at the context and everything that we've been talking about, basically what I think we're seeing here when it says no man can serve two masters, it's kind of, this is the question we need to ask ourselves. You know, who is our master? Are, when it comes to the things that we have, are we the master? Is our, is our possessions what is controlling us? Or are we serving, are we an actual steward of God's? Are we actually serving the Lord and letting Him decide what we do? And what our priorities are and all these things. Because we all have our own priorities. We all have our will and the things that maybe we'd like to spend our money on. But we understand that, no, what we have belongs to God. And so we're serving him first. It doesn't mean you can't help yourself to something every now and then. You know, God wants us to be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor. And God, uh, you know, if, if you go and every once in a while, you know, you take your wife out for a nice dinner or buy yourself something nice. I don't believe you're in sin for doing that as long as we're always doing the things that we know God wants us to do first. And if we do those things first, I believe God will give us those extras to do things for ourselves. So, uh, you know, when it comes to the things you have, you know, how do you see these things? Do you see them as yours or God's? When it comes to your money, when it comes to your, your possessions, your house, even when it comes to your family, do you see these kids as your kids or as God's that's we need to make sure our mindset is right in these things because when you see things as yours you're just you're a little more inclined to waste them but when you understand they belong to God and that he's entrusted them to you it's going to cause you to handle things differently and uh, and there's just something about knowing you're going to have to give an account something about knowing that somebody's going to be checking up to see what you did with your money. I remember when I was a teenager, I went to a youth camp one time and I remember my friend that went with with me, his dad gave him like 30 bucks, I think, to spend for the whole week on concessions and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you can blow through $30 at a youth camp real fast, you know, even back, you know, over 20 years ago. And I remember he like wasn't wanting to spend his money on anything and he kept trying to bum money off me. And I'm like, you got 30 bucks. Why why aren't you spending any of your money? And it was because his dad told him, he's like, I'm giving you $30, and for every dollar you come home with, I'm going to give you that much more. And so he really wanted to go home with that extra money. And so he basically mooched off everybody else that whole week. So he could have a lot of money going. Now, that's not, that wasn't really right. But at the same time, too, it was like it was in his head the whole week. My dad's going to know exactly how much money I spent on this trip. And so... You know, where a lot of the young people who knew they weren't going to have any accountability pretty much spent everything that they had and spent it all pretty quick, where he was very frugal and he was very careful with how he spent his money on anything. And I remember it was funny, too, because one of the times on the way back, uh, a lot of, you know, we'd usually go fast food and he'd get like the cheapest stuff that you could get on the dollar menu. But one time we all wanted to eat at Shoney's, which is a breakfast buffet. Anybody ever eat at Shoney's? And I remember he like threw a big fit because it was going to cost you know, a lot more money to Shoney's. And he started like basically throwing a fit about it. And then somebody paid for his meal for him. What a mooch. But anyway, you know, you don't want to be that way. But we all are more careful, aren't we? When we know somebody's checking up on us. When we know somebody's 
watching what we're doing. And we got to understand, you know, when it, so God is paying attention to what we are doing with what is his. And it is, it's all his. And, and I know, and so as we go through these things, um, you know, these, these are mainly about you and your life and what God has given you. But I do just want to say, you know, as a, as a church, we need to take these things very serious. You know, God has greatly blessed us with the buildings that he's allowed us to live in. I mean, I, I'm still amazed. I was, I've always been amazed and thankful for that old building, how God worked that out for us. And, you know, my mindset always was, you know what? God gave us this building. We need to, and we need to use this. We need to use everything he gave us. We had that nice building and I thought we need to make sure we're using it. God didn't give it to us just so we can have it. He gave it to us so we could use it for his glory. And, you know, the attitude was always, let's use this thing and let's do everything we can with it until we need something bigger. And, you know, God's not going to give us something bigger and better just because we want something that's bigger and better. We got to put this thing to use first. We got to max this thing out first. And you know what? If we want God to give us more than what we have now, you know what we need to do right now? We need to use every bit of this. We need to be using every bit of this place for his glory, for his purpose. When it comes to the money that we receive as a church, we need to make sure that, you know, we're pleasing God with how we're using it. We need to make sure that we're thinking about uh, you know, the money that we give towards missions that we're actually paying attention to some of these people, the money that we use on missions that we're actually going out, we're getting people saved. We're not just using things to just pay for fishing trips, you know, for all the men in the church and all the fun stuff that we love to do, you know, buying a party bus for the church. And that's a long story from a video skit we did, uh, when I was at my dad's church where that's what we were doing with the money. But, uh, you know, we, we don't want to be that way. We need to make sure, Hey, listen, God's, God is blessing us, and God has blessed our church very much. I mean, even in 2020, financially, that was the best year we've ever had. That That's amazing to me. With, with everything that happened, with all that we thought was coming, the way just God provided and worked out some miracles, that that really meant a lot. It, it means a lot to me that even people who don't attend our church, that just watch online, donate money towards this church. And I don't take that lightly. And I think that we would be pretty wicked to just be careless on how we spend the money, how it's being used. And we need to understand the Lord has given us a lot. We better be doing something with it. We better make sure that we know that we're pleasing God with what we're doing because, and not because I want to be greedy. I do want God to increase what he's doing for us. Because I want to do more. I want us as a church to be accomplishing more for God. And so this needs to be our same attitude as individuals. What has God given you? And because it's his, and what are you doing with? So the first thing that we want, that we are stewards of is our treasures. Now look what it says in Psalms chapter 50. You turn to Psalms chapter 50 and we'll start reading in verse 7. This is important that we get this, we just have this mindset. It says, Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against thee. I am God, even thy God. I will not reprove thee for thy sacrifices or thy burnt offerings to have been continually before me. I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor the he goats out of thy folds. For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains, and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer unto God thanksgiving and pay thy vows in the most high and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee and thou shalt glorify me. Notice how God, he's calling on them to glorify him. He's calling on them to be thankful. And he's basically saying, I don't care about all your sacrifice and all your animals because you know what? Those are all mine anyway. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. So great. You bring me a lamb. You know, you bring a goat or something like that. It was already mine anyways. Have you ever had a kid, one of your kids do that? Ours have done that before for Christmas or something. They find something around the house. They wrap it up for you and give it to you for Christmas. It was already yours. Or maybe they go and they buy you a Christmas present or buy you a birthday present with your money. And, you know, we're fine with that. You know, it's a thought that counts. But at the same time, you know, we understand that, you know, it was already mine anyway. It already belongs to me. You know, 
Thank you for giving me what was already mine. And so when it comes to the things that we give God, it was already his anyway. So God's not, God wasn't looking at those animals so much and thinking, wow, just what I always wanted. And it's the same thing too with our money that we bring. You can go and you can write a massive check and put it in that offering plate. And the Lord's not going to be like, wow, I've always wanted $10,000. You know, it's all his anyway. But what God does want from us, God does want obedience. God does want our love. God does want thanksgiving. So when we do these things and we do them, you know, out of a heart of worship and out of a heart of love and out of a heart of thanksgiving, God is pleased with that. But when it comes to the treasure itself, God's not impressed because it's already his. God, so don't think that, you know, we're impressing God you know, when we give, maybe you give that big check or something, because remember the widow and the two mites? It, it wasn't the amount. It, it was the it was the type of giving. It was the sacrificial giving. It was that giving from the heart. That's what pleased God. That's what he was impressed with, not necessarily the size, because again, it all belongs to him anyway. And that's what he's, the point he's trying to get across in Psalms chapter 50. So it's already his. So don't think your, you know, $100 bill that you put in the offering plate is just like impressing God somehow. Okay? Yeah, you can make a, you know, anybody else's face around here light up, you know, waving a Benjamin Franklin around in their face, but, you know, not God because it's already his anyway. And so, you know, this, so when it comes to our treasure, this does consist of everything that we possess materially, and that even includes family. And remember in Job, in chapter 1, when Job lost all of his possessions, one of the things that God took from him was all of his children. All ten of his children died, but we all know Job's famous words in verse 21. He says, and he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I mean... Was Job sad that his kids died? Of course he was sad that his kids died. But was he mad at God? No, he was not mad at God. You know why? Because God gave them to him, and therefore they were God's to take away. And we need to get a hold of that. Often, we people get out of the will of God trying to hang on to things that God gave them. Often people get out of the will of God trying to earn that extra dollar, trying to earn, you know, get a little more money, trying to get possessions. We've got to understand, don't worry about hanging on to those things. God gave those to you in the first place. Those things are his. You know what you need to worry about is being in God's will. If you're in God's will, he'll take care of those other things. And yes, he might take away some of your possessions, but they're his to take. We should just be thankful that we ever had them in the first place. And so Job, he got, you know, he had that mindset set and God does have every right to tell us how to use what we have, you know, or to take it. You know, God has every right to tell us how to raise our children because they're his. He gave them to us. Yeah, but, you know, the psychologists, they all, well, the psychologists didn't give them to you. Who is that lady from NBC saying, you know, your children aren't yours, they belong to the community? Your community didn't give you your kids. They don't belong to, they don't belong to the community. If they belong to anybody besides you, it's God. And God made you the steward of your children, not the community. You are the steward of them. And you know what you need to do? You need to do what God wants you to do with your children. and Because God gave them to you to use for his glory and for his benefit. So we should know exactly what we've done with God's treasures. And so, and you, you might say, well, I don't know what I've done with this treasure, but the truth is, you should. You need to figure these things out. Sometimes you need to sit down and just kind of evaluate some of these things. I remember the first time my wife and I sat down, we're like, all right, we got to figure out where all our money's going. Because we ain't got enough. <laughs> and, and, you know, this isn't working out real good. We, we don't want to just keep piling up debt. And, you know, we did. We had to sit down and like, all right, this is, this is what our bills are. This is how much we've got coming in. We had to figure all that out. And, let me tell you, I always tell people, whenever you do decide you're going to get your finances in order and you have that budget meeting between you and your wife, get ready for a knockdown drag out. Right? I mean, it, 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 it's going to get ugly, but it's necessary. You got, you got to do that kind of thing. And it's very important. And 
Too many people, they're just, they're careless about everything. They're just living life day to day, just not thinking about the future, not taking things into consideration. You can't be that way. That is, that is a terrible way to be. So we need to know uh, what we're doing with the treasures God given us. Part of our treasure too, uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. One of the treasures that we have as Christians is the word of God. This is something God has given us. And it says in 1 Corinthians 4, 1, let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Paul was a steward of the mystery of God. In other words, God revealed a lot of mysteries to Paul. God revealed a lot of uh, things to him that others hadn't understood. And Paul was a steward of it. And so, in other words, it was his job to make sure these things that God revealed to him, that he took those things and he shared them with other people. That was what God wanted him to do. It was his job to write these things down in Scripture. And we have these things today. And thank God, Paul was a good steward of what God had revealed to him. Well, you know what? What are we doing with what God has revealed to us? You know, we, we know what the Bible says about child rearing. We know what the Bible says about the husband and wife relationship. God has given you all this information. What are you doing with it? You know how many people today are sitting in good churches and doing nothing with the information they get? They get? Knowing nothing. I've known people, they have been in independent fundamental Baptist churches for decades and their life is a wreck. You know why? Because they don't do anything that's preached in that church. And I've, I've, I've just scratched my head. I've, I've gone to church with these people for years. I'm like, why are you even here? You don't listen to anything. And yet we still have to listen to you complain about horrible your life is. And your life is horrible because you're not doing any of the things being taught in this church. And you know what? These people are bad stewards. If you're hearing truth, if God is giving you truth, you better be using that truth. You better be applying it to your life. You better be sharing it with other people. You know these things. You're now responsible for them. And that's one of the dangerous things you could say about being in a good church that preaches the whole counsel of God. You're going to be more accountable for some things than some of these other people who don't know any better that are going to one of these watered-down churches that hardly crack open the Bible. And But you know what? At least here, you have an opportunity. At least here, you have a chance to get the riches of the Scripture. You have a chance to get these treasures, and you better do something with them Otherwise, you're going to end up, you're going to end up regretting it. So, uh, turn over to Ephesians chapter five. So our treasures, they all belong to God. They're His. If, and if you have a lot of treasures right now, you know what you ought to do? You ought to thank God that He has allowed you to be steward over that much. You know, I'm thankful God has allowed me to be steward over eight children. I mean, thank God for that. That's, that is a wonderful thing. Because those eight children have brought me a great deal of joy in my life. And so I get it. They're not mine. They're God's. But, you know, I'm sure I'm glad he allowed me to be the steward of them. That needs to be your mindset, that uh, you are just the steward. And so another thing that we need to be good stewards of is our time. Ephesians 5.15 says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. We need to make sure that when how we live our life, how, our regular practices, what we are doing with our day, our routine, our schedule, how much time are we wasting? Because, you know, there's a lot of people today, if you ask them, hey, why aren't you going to church? Why aren't you reading your Bible? Why aren't you doing all these things you should do? You know what they say? I don't have time. Well, where did it go? Don't we all have 24 hours in a day? I don't, you know, I, I, don't, I don't believe I, God has given me extra time. I have 24 hours as much as anybody else. The question is, what are you doing with that time? And most people today are wasting time. Proof of that is television. I mean, you know, internet, all these things that people just waste countless hours on, and yet they will say they don't have time for things. They'll say they don't have time for their family. Really? If you don't have time for your family, seeing as you have 24 hours in a day just like everybody else, you might want to find out what are you doing with that time? 
And, you know, yeah, ask people that, too. You know, they'll get offended if they tell you they don't have time for something that they should be doing. Ask them. Give an account. Give an account of your time. What are you doing with your time? And you know what? It is. When, when we did, when we finally sat down and we went and started paying attention to where all our money's going, you know, it was kind of embarrassing. It was like, man, we waste a lot of money on this. We waste a lot of money on that. You know, it, it, it is, it's one of the most convicting things that you'll ever do to just sit down and do a real budget and, and give an account. And, and thankfully, none of you all, when it comes to your personal finances, are accountable to any of us here. Okay? Just let me say this. None of you are accountable to me on how you spend your money or anybody else in this church. You're accountable to God. Okay? And those who depend on you, your family, those you owe money to, your bill collectors, all that kind of stuff. But I wonder how many of us would be embarrassed if we all got to see everyone else's bank statements. Some of us would be embarrassed at how little money's in there. You know, some of us might be embarrassed how much is in there and then where it all goes. I mean, really, you're spending, you're spending that much money on that? You know, and, you know, these things aren't anybody else's business. But again, when it comes to our time, if we all got real honest, we would probably all be embarrassed with how we're using a lot of our time. While at the same time, we're saying we don't have time for the things of God. I don't have time to go soul I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to read my Bible. No, it's because you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. And that would, imagine if somebody followed you around for a week and nobody's going to do this to you. And they, they did an inventory of your time and then we all read it in church. And it turned out, you know, you had watched 40 hours of television or something like that. And, and, and we just got up and read that. Can you imagine how embarrassing that would be? It, that that's called giving an account right there and just thank god we're not accountable to each other on that <laughs> and, and i think we're probably all thankful for that but we are accountable to god and you know what? that's pretty sad we'd all be embarrassed if we all had to give an account to each other but when it comes to god ah, he doesn't care yeah, actually he does the problem is we're not thinking about that and we need to think about these things all 24 hours in a day belong to God. And so the excuse, I don't have time to do God's will, it doesn't exist with God. We all have equal time. It's just we all have different priorities. So there's always time to do God's will, but you might not always have time to do your will. You know, we've all, you know, everybody's wanted to do that, you know, just sit down and, you know, watch Star Wars episode one through nine in one day, but most of us don't have time to do that. Yeah, that might be your will. That's not God's will. You know, to watch an entire season of 24 in a 24-hour period along with the actual time, you know? Did anybody ever think about things like that? But I don't know. Some, you know. Maybe I'm more carnal. But, you know, that might be our will. That's not God's will. That's not God's will. Do that kind of thing. So, you know, we need a, it's our responsibility to get rid of the waste. So, be, you know, being – and here's the other thing, too. All right, let me help, help you all as Americans, okay? In America, it's like a status thing to talk about how busy we are. It's it's something we brag on, about how busy we are. You know, every Christmas letter that people send out, it all starts out with busy, 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 talking about how busy their family is. We're involved in this. My kids have this going on. We brag about how busy we are. And we think busy means that we're important. But being busy doesn't necessarily make you important. Because a lot of people are busy. They're busy bodies. They're busy doing a lot of just stupidity. They're busy in a lot of other people's business. They're busy doing things that are pointless. Or they're busy doing things that just fulfill their own needs and never doing the will of God. So understand, you know, being busy doesn't necessarily mean you're doing a good thing. You know, it's, it's, it's not good to be idle. But, you know, a lot of people, the reason their life's so chaotic is because they are a poor steward of the time that God's given them. And so, again... If you don't have time for the things of God, just mark it down. You are a bad steward. Somebody needs to help you out. Somebody needs to help you get organized. You need to get your act together because you are wasting the precious time that God has given you. And often when we're young, we don't even think about that. It's like we think we've got unlimited time. But you know what? One of these days, you're going to regret it. One of these days when you're in your 60s and 70s and 80s and you all, all of a sudden you don't have that much time left, you're going to start regretting what you did with some of your time. And now's the time we ought to be thinking about that. Now's the time we ought to be redeeming it. So 
if you don't know where your time is gone, you are you are a poor steward. So our treasure, our time, and even our talent. I've got this one alliterated. This is very rare when I when this happens, but this is uh, look at what it says in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four. It was going full old I have be tonight. It says the word of the Lord came unto me saying. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, God is talking specifically about Jeremiah here, but Jeremiah, he was somebody that God created for, with a very special purpose. God had something very special that God wanted for him. And you know, I believe that God has a plan for all of our lives. I don't think this is something that God just did for Jeremiah, even though this was something very special that God had for Jeremiah, I believe that God has something very special for all of us. I believe that uh, that God has formed all of us in the belly, and the talents that you have, the abilities that you have, these are things that God gave you, and God wants you to use them for his purpose. And everything that's in your life, the circumstances that you've gone through, you know, the, the parents that you've had, God gave you all these things, preparing you for something very special. Now, maybe it wasn't with what you, you know, we all, you know, plan to be millionaires and rich, famous, successful, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? That might not be what God made you for. God may have made you for something else. And you know, we've got to understand God has something specifically for me that he made me for. And therefore, I'm going to make sure whatever abilities, whatever talents that God has given me, I'm using them for what he wanted me to do. You know, there's some people that God has blessed greatly with musical abilities, and they've went and taken that talent that God wanted them to worship him and glorify him and be a blessing in a church with. And you know what they did? They went and used it for themselves in the world. A lot of the famous musicians today used to sing in their churches. They used to use that talent for the glory of God. And you know what they did? They turned and they decided they were going to use it for themselves. Many of the big name singers and things that are out there, they got their start singing in church. They got their start using their talent for the Lord. And then they decided somewhere, you know what? The Lord has really given me something great here that I could make a lot of money with. And you know what they did? They went and made a lot of money with it. They use it for themselves. And you know what happens to a lot of those people too? They end up dying, ODing living miserable lives. We're always going to be happiest if we do what God created us to do. And so here's a question you need to ask yourself. What are you doing special for God that no one else can do? Because God's made you something specifically. God's got something specifically for you. That's yours and nobody else's. God didn't make you to be like me and to do what I'm doing. Okay? God made me for what I'm doing. God made you for something else. And if you don't know what your talents are, if you don't know what your abilities are, it's probably because you're a poor steward. You need to find out, you need to, you know, what you're good at and use it for the glory of God in some way. You know, how are you using your talents to not just, you know, for the Lord, but to be a blessing to other people? Because that's what God gave these things to you for. You know, these talents, they're not meant just for your own benefit. You know, what part uh, of the body in the church are you? We see in Romans 12, 4, for it says, for we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. God has given all of you something different. Everybody has something that they bring to the table. Everybody has something that they contribute. And a lot of times, too, people contribute and they don't even know it. You know, there's, you know, all of you in here, there's probably ways that you are contributing to this church that you don't realize. I mean, just your physical presence contributes. Y'all understand that? There's a lot of little things. Just you being friendly that contributes. Just being nice, talking to people. You know, uh, at whether, you know, a lot of times we focus all the attention on what happens in the platform and behind the pulpit with the singers and things like that. But there are so many other areas where you can contribute. And a lot of times people are doing good and they don't even realize it. But the truth is, I think if you're a really good steward, you know what? You're going to figure out where these things are and you're going to use it. That's what you should do. And, you know, hopefully if you don't know what your talent is, I'll tell you right now, 
I think if anybody could help you figure out your place in the church, it would be me. I think any pastor in any church is going to know where his members can contribute. You know why? Because as a pastor and as an overseer, we see areas where things are lacking. And so we're always kind of like looking for that person to kind of fill that gap. And pastors, I mean, they do. They, they're sizing everybody up all the time. But we don't, you know, not all of us are like slave drivers. And, you know, we don't, you know, I, you know, especially me, I don't like to guilt trip people into doing things. But trust me, if there's an area where something needs done and, you know, I know who could probably help in that area. And so just understand, if you ever come to the pastor saying, hey, where could I probably help? Just understand, I'm probably going to tell you. So you might not want to ask unless you really want to know, because I, because I will tell you. And uh, but a lot, and and then and, it, and it's good when you find that out because if a lot of times I've seen this with people too, it's like once they realize kind of what their gift was, then you know what they did? They started focusing on that and doing more with it. And that was something we did years ago when we started the church. You know, we I did a series during Sunday school where we talked a lot about spiritual gifts, and you can kind of see as people were learning their gifts. And they realized, hey, this is this is my place in the church. This is where I can contribute. This is where I can be a blessing. You know what? They, it's like they doubled down on it, and they did even more. And that's what, and so you you should work to figure out what that is. And I, I promise, I can help you with that because um, it's just it's normal for a pastor to uh, notice these things. So how are you using these talents? And if you don't know your place. You're just, you know, you need some help with your stewardship. So make sure you get that nailed down. And then the last thing we need to understand, this is not just ours, even though we say it's ours. And you understand too, it's okay for you to say certain things are ours. For example, too, you know, I call this my church, but you know what? It's not my church. It's Christ's church, isn't it? You know, this is, this is God's church. This is his house. Everything here, it belongs to him, but it's okay if, you know, we have that attitude of, you know, I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful that I go here. So, you know, don't be down on people when they say things. You don't have to correct them all the time. You know, we're going to go get in my car. Oh, what do you mean your car? You know, <laughs> you know, it's God's car. You know, get all spiritual with people. I hate when people are like that. You know, you don't have to necessarily say it, but we should know that, right? We should know that. So another thing that's got it, our testimony, okay? our testimony. It says in 1 Timothy 4.12, let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Paul's telling Timothy, you need to be an example. We've been told by we're supposed to be an example, or many times he uses the word in sample. And how we act as Christians, it represents this church. It represents God to many people and Jesus Christ. And we've got to understand that, uh, you know, many people's opinion of God is based on their opinion of God's people. And, you know, I sometimes see why a lot of people have problems with God and with Christianity when you consider the people out there claiming to represent him. I mean, I, I could see why anybody would have a problem with Baptists if we're going to let Jesse Jackson be representation of a Baptist, guys like him, you know. I get why they have a weird attitude or some of the other people that have a bad name. But we've got to understand when it comes to our name, because of the fact that we're God's children and Christians, that it's not just our name. It's not just our testimony. You need to understand when you're out there doing things that you shouldn't be doing and you're not just ruining your good name, you're ruining God's good name for a lot of people. And we need to make sure we take that serious. And it says in 2 Samuel uh, twelve fourteen says, How be it by this deed, Nathan's talking to David, thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Now, God didn't do anything. It was David that committed adultery. It was David that had Uriah killed. Yet, what was Nathan worried about? He said, the enemies of God are going to blaspheme. You know why, David? Because you represent God. You represent God's people. You're the king of Israel. You're the one that God chose to put over this nation. And because you are, what you did was wicked, people are going to speak out against God. You know, a lot of people are going to speak out against, they're going to speak out against America. They're going to think bad about America. You know why? Because of who our commander in chief is. And it's just like, you know, it's embarrassing. And you know what? It was embarrassing last month too. 
It's been embarrassing. We've been, we've been embarrassed for a long time. Okay. Since, since Ronald Reagan, right? Ronald Reagan, he was the good one, right? But he's got a good video on the King James Bible out there, so he was okay, right? But, <laughs> but I, I, I didn't follow politics that much back then, but he's the one that they all praise. But people do what they think of our country. It's often represented by a few people. You know, I used to think all women from Canada were ugly because I didn't know many people from Canada. And I met this one guy that I used to know, and he had got married to a lady from Canada, and she had a mustache. And I was just like, and I did. I just got, I had like this terrible, I thought, Canadian women, man. You know, and, and then I heard somebody tell a joke around that same time about ugly Canadian women. And so it was just like in my head that Canadian women are all ugly. And you say, well, that's not true. But the problem is I didn't have a lot of representation and if that lady, you know, wouldn't have, if she would have shaved, you know, I wouldn't have thought that way for a long time until, I, you know, now I've met several people from Canada since then, so I don't think as much that way anymore. But how many of us have bad attitudes or bad thoughts about certain groups because of a poor representation? You know, some of us, we think we know all about a certain culture because we watched a movie from that culture. But you don't realize that movie that you watched, okay, that was a funny example that was a you know you know that doesn't represent everybody and so you know many people out there today they have very negative attitudes and feelings towards christians because of a few nut jobs because of a few bad examples and you know it's not and when you are a bad example as a christian you're not just hurting yourself you're hurting the cause of christ you're hurting the rest of us if you, as, even as a member of Liberty Baptist Church, if you've got a bad reputation out there in the community, you're not just hurting your own name. You're hurting the name of our church if people know you go to our church. So you need to make sure you, you take these things into consideration. And if you make people think less of God, you're a poor steward. You are a poor steward. God's, God didn't tell you to act that way. God doesn't teach you to cuss out your neighbor. God doesn't teach you to be a brawler. He teaches contrary to those things. But then there you go doing everything that you've been told not to do. And then people think negatively about God because of that. We need to understand that our testimony, it's not just ours. And you need to remember that too. If you're out soul winning for this church and you're out there knocking on doors saying, I'm from Liberty Baptist Church, passing out flyers and tracts with our church name on it, you need to understand, I better behave a certain way here. And so if this person gets ugly with me and I just really want to have it out or I just really want to punch this person... I can't do that. And folks, don't ever forget that, okay? When you're out representing our church, there's some people that deserve to get chewed out. There's some people that deserve to get punched in the nose. There's some people that, I mean, they really are asking for it. But you got to understand, if you do that, you don't just hurt your name. You hurt our church's name. We don't need that in the newspaper. We've got enough people trying to trash our name with stuff that's not true. The last thing you need is you doing something bad and it actually being true. You know what? I don't mind, you know, the, all the negative videos and, you know, the reason files and all that when they're just lying. But you know what I dread? Not the next reason files video that comes out against me. I dread the one that they do that is actually true. That's the one I dread. It's true and it's actually bad. Sometimes they're true, but it's like, that's not bad. You know, you know, homos are reprobates, you know, it's like, or whatever, you know, that, so, you know, if it, but it, y- y'all understand what I'm saying. We don't want it to be for, uh, something that really is bad. So we are well aware of the fact that people shouldn't think, you know, think that you are like you, you know, just one person represent Christ, but that's what they often do. You know, people shouldn't let you get in the way of them coming to Christ, but many people, you are going to get in the way. If you have a bad testimony, so you got to understand, this isn't just my name, it's God's name. And that's something I try to be aware of, too. Again, it's when I'm, when I'm doing, out doing church business, and I go to places representing the church, you know, I'm usually more likely to wear a mask if they tell me to do it, because I don't want to make the church look bad. I don't want to get thrown out when I'm someplace, when I'm doing business for Liberty Baptist Church. It's my own personal business sometimes, especially, in, and I behave even worse when I'm like in other states and other towns and things when it comes to that stuff, you know, cause, but when I'm re- representing this church, I really take that serious. And, you know, and I'm good most of the time because in a way I always represent the church. 
I'm not going to do anything that's going to get me in the newspaper in a negative way. But, uh, you know, you all understand that. But we need, you know, Eli's sons, they made people abhor the offering of God because of all the wicked things that they were doing. They were causing God's people to transgress. People were not doing what they were supposed to do because Eli's sons were so wicked, people despised it. That, that, they had no place to do it. They were Levites. They were the sons of Aaron. They were the sons of the high priest. Eli, they had no right to just do what they wanted to do. They had, they had no right to do that. And you know what? They didn't take those things for granted. And you know what? God took the priesthood away from them. God ended up killing them as a result of that. So there is no order of importance, you know, when it comes to the things that we should be good stewards of. But we are to be faithful with everything that belongs to God from the smallest of things to the greatest. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. And I think a good way to illustrate this too, being faithful in everything, even in the little things. You know, imagine if the banks only took care of the accounts of the rich and they misused yours because it wasn't a lot of money. It's like, yeah, well... I, I know we lost all your money, but it was only a couple hundred bucks. When all you guys a couple hundred bucks, that couple hundred bucks really matters. You know, they're always getting the millionaire stuff right. You know, they can afford to lose a couple hundred dollars. So they do. Whenever they're taking care of the big names money with, with the, you know, Mr. Moneybags, they do everything right for him. But when it comes to yours, all of a sudden, you don't matter because that's, just, you know what? That's a wicked attitude. And a lot of times, we have that same attitude. We don't want to be that way. We need to be faithful in the little things. And so if God gave you a little something, you better do something with that. And if you do, I believe God will increase it and he will give you greater. But if you're just going to cast it aside and not do anything with it or use it all for yourself, forget about getting more. And I, and I do. I want, I want to get more, not because I'm greedy, but because I want to do more for God. I want, I want more as an individual. I want more as a church. And so let's make sure we do all these things. And all we have to do, I think, I think one of the best things we could do to really help us be more balanced in all these things is just be able to give an account. Just knowing what you're doing affects your behavior so much. And so... Hope we'll take these things to heart. So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. I pray, dear God, you'll help us to practice these things. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've given us and all that you've uh, allowed us to use. Uh, you have been very good to us. And so, dear God, I pray you will help us to uh, do all we can to uh, use these things for your glory. And I pray, dear God, that you will, uh, as you increase what you give us, that we will just continue uh, doing more so we can see more people saved and come to you. In your name we pray. Amen.